Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, Dave here. And before we get to our episode this week, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Studio. Studio headphones, they're from Sweden. They make these nice, sleekly designed range of headphones. Uh, they sent me a pair uh, called the Trey headphones and they're designed for uh, for like at running or for gym use. Uh, I tried them in the gym uh, on the treadmill. They were brilliant. They're sweatproof. They never once fell out, which is really annoying when that happens and you keep having to put your, your earphones back in. Uh, when you're listening to a podcast or whatever, like this one. Um, they fit perfectly. Uh, there's sound transparency. So if you're out uh, for a run, you're still going to hear the traffic and everything. Uh, and we've got a discount for you. If you head to studio.com and apply the code CINEMILE at checkout, you'll get 15%. And they already include free worldwide shipping. Uh, highly recommend. On with the episode. Hi, it's Dave here. I'm with my wife, Cathy. Hello. And we're joined by very special guest, Chris Hewitt from Empire Magazine. Hello, hello. How is everyone? Uh, we're well. We're well. Thanks for coming. You're very jet-lagged. I'm really jet-lagged, which is why I just yelled, Hello, how is everyone? on a podcast. <laughs> with two no one can reply. And I already know how you are. So, what am I doing? Uh, what you're hearing right now, that, that background noise, it's not actually existing. That's just the sound of Chris's the inside his head right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's I somehow t- amplifying I, yeah. it. I feel really special right now. <laughs> I so, was convinced yeah. that Chris was going to cancel us because he flew in yesterday from LA. Then he watched the Champions League final, of which his team didn't win. Oh, who won? And he's jet well, My team didn't win, Dave. <laughs> Who's By your a process team? of elimination, also, no, the other team won. Let's backtrack. Who's Ergo, playing? Real Madrid and Liverpool Football Club. Okay, so and, you're a big uh, Real Madrid guy. I'm, I'm a huge yeah, Real Madrid yeah, yeah. guy. <laughs> Love those guys. Halle Madrid. Uh, and uh, yeah, we lost, so I wasn't in the... I, I flew back in, and I got back to my flat about 20 minutes before kickoff. And I watched the game, and I, I'm, it destroyed me emotionally, and I'm destroyed <laughs> physically. And uh, so, perfect uh, conditions there to see Solo. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Which um, the second time. Chris has already seen, so yeah. we're not, we're not going to... Um, am I breaking the rules of the City Mile here? I think I am. No, no, no. We will always make an exception for you. Oh, you're so nice. Uh, well, what we'll do is uh, you, we'll, give you, we'll get your second opinions, right? Yes. Because they're often... They can be quite interesting, I think. Yes. Uh, compared to... Because often they can change or more. Yeah. Uh, so we're not going to spoil... Uh, Chris is a bit, it's a funny age we're living in now where spo- people's opinions can be spoilers <laughs> for a movie. So no spoilers for Chris's opinion nope. of Solo. But give me some sort of visual indication here. Oh, okay. Interesting. interesting. I see. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. you're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and I don't care about this movie at all. 
and would not be coming to see it except that I was so excited to see Chris and also his wife Fola who was supposed to come on and now wasn't able to so we're very disappointed yes. so she's really Sorry the only reason we asked it. you on Chris because we wanted to meet well, her well we were again. hoping for yes. some sort of yeah. couple date <laughs> I know couple date thing I know um, but That's next so time we'll just have her on and not you so that'll yeah, be fine absolutely. yeah absolutely um, that'll balance the odds yeah, even the trailers for this movie like send me to sleep they're so dull so yeah, that's my feeling on it. Dave, yeah, I, mean, I know I, you swore off Star Wars I, last time you saw one. Yeah, this is the first uh, Star Wars movie I've seen since I swore off Star Wars on the last Star Wars. <laughs> I think we should go inside because it's so loud here. What it's just a leaf blower. So it's a leaf blower. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's turn around. Let's turn around. Um, He's chasing us. Yeah, so my my uh, yeah my swearing off Star Wars has gone well so far. Um, <laughs> Only five months later. <laughs> <laughs> the very next film you watch. <laughs> oh yeah, brilliant. But that's the thing. They have us, don't they? They have us, Disney. Because no matter how bad these movies get, we're still going to go just to see, just to see how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm addicted to the to the punishment of it. Um, so I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the Last Jedi. I wasn't a fan of Rogue One. Um, I'm, but I'm I'm putting all that aside. Uh, I'm I'm want to like this movie. I hope it's just a fun heist movie. That's yep. all I want. And I love yep. Donald Glover. Um, but and we do have the guy who plays Harrison Ford. What's his name? Alden L. Oh, sorry, just play Harrison Ford. Alden, yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. He plays go. Solo. Sorry, not Harrison yeah. Ford. No, if he, you should play well, Harrison Ford, how good would that be? <laughs> he was the best part of that Coen Brothers movie. Hail Caesar! Hail yeah, Caesar. he was great in that. He was yeah. really good in that. Um, so I've I've a bit of hope for him as well. But yeah, I think basically at this point they they're doing it to death, Disney, and it feels like us who are supporting them. Like we're pay, like <laughs> well, we're going to see this in IMAX as well. You know, we're all just like. We're just cashing in on the whole thing. Yeah, it's just disappointing that it's a. Cyn- this feels like a cynical move. Just that they're just churning out prequels to recognizable things. Like I think there was, was it confirmed the other day they're doing a Boba Fett movie? They're doing a Boba Fett movie, yeah. which I wasn't interested in until I heard that James Mangold, who uh, wrote and directed Logan, oh. is doing oh. it. That and that's interesting because he's not a guy who yeah. you know he's he he won't do that movie unless there's a really good story to tell. I I don't think you don't unless hope. of course they just backed a dump truck full of cash up to his house. <laughs> that's entirely possible as well. And but, we were excited about the original directors of this, right, Lord and Miller. Oh, very oh, yeah. excited. That that's yeah. Th- what you're describing now is how I felt two years ago or whatever when they said, oh. yeah, uh, Lord and Miller were there. I love those guys. Yeah, and I think if anyone can turn around a shit idea into <laughs> a great movie, it's yeah. them. I mean, this is the thing. Since this movie was announced, there's been, a, I think, a collective shrug of the shoulders amongst Star Wars fans. Because we don't really need this film. We don't need to see Han Solo's mystique decloaked, so to speak. Uh, and the fact that Lord and Miller were doing something, and by all reports, it was quite funny and quite irreverent. Uh, so much so that, you know, they had a party of the ways because it was too funny and too irreverent. Now Ron Howard's come in to steady the ship, so to speak. Uh, I was more excited about their version of the film, but, uh, you know... I just, every time I hear those set reports, um, I of, you know, being too funny and irreverent, yeah. I keep thinking of that Monty Python sketch with uh, um, Graham Chapman uh, coming in. Oh, in the stop drill. it. Yes, stop this. This is silly. <laughs> stop this. Everyone out. Yeah, it's like, uh, obviously Ron Howard's like a very capable, very good, very talented man. But like you feel like when you bring Ron Howard in at the end of a project, you're really you're really just going, right, this needs to be cookie cutter now. Like this this needs to just get done in terms of the budget for the studio. It needs to be a coherent movie. We need his steady hands and that and you feel He'll like whatever was yeah like of course he, yes good good um, metaphor but like basically it doesn't feel that interesting anymore and it would be funny if he ended up doing the Boba Fett, 
Boba Fett movie. How do you say that? Um, if he just ends up doing every single movie. Oh, right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, right. just come in and finish them all off. <laughs> every director gets fired at some point or, or moves on, has a, has a parting of the ways. Fired, maybe the wrong word there, legally speaking. I need to cover myself. And, uh, and so then Ron Howard comes in for the last three months and just goes, there you go, guys. There, I, made, I made a movie. What do you think of that? So the Disney executives are like, get me the fixer. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like uh, the wolf from Pulp Fiction. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> with, this, with the baseball cap. <laughs> I've got two demands. I need to wear a baseball cap, and my brother Clint Howard must be in this film. And go, oh, all right. Uh, is uh, Clint we, in this? He is, is in this. Oh, great. Yeah. We, we need to say one more thing, right, which is the most interesting part of our morning so far, is that Chris just came back from Philadelphia where he was on the set of Creed 2. Now, Creed 1 is one of our favourite movies ever. We just didn't review it because we didn't have the podcast at the time. So, Chris, was that amazing? It was. It was very, very good. I love Creed as well. To be completely by surprise, so it was fun. I got to uh, got to meet them all. Uh, Creed, Rocky, <gasps> Ivan Drago. Wow, really? Uh huh. <gasps> oh, because yeah. oh, it's his son. It's his son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. oh my god! And did you run up the steps to the music? No, because I was. Um, I, I planned to. I planned to go to the statue, and I planned to go to the steps, and then the set visit ran along. And I had to get to the airport, and it all went wrong. But anyway, you know, next time. Next time. Did you run up the steps of the airport? (laughs) I wish I I had. Look at me. I can't run anywhere. (laughs) Even just walking in a circle doing this. I mean, you guys really need to reconsider this podcast. Yeah, really. This is how we keep fit, this podcast. Something a bit more sedentary would be great. (laughs) No, this is our primary form of exercise. And thank you, Chris, for coming all the way when you're jet lagged, but we better go now to the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to go see the movie. We're just having too much fun chatting. You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Whoa. <laughs> L3! Let's go with the mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. Right, we're out. Uh, we're out of the IMAX. We just saw Solo, a Star Wars story. It's kind of raining, but the, uh, the, the BFI IMAX is... is, is I hadn't noticed... Yeah, it's, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> top notch. Uh, it's it's kind of the, the this building. If anyone doesn't know it, it's like it's like a dome. It's a bit Star Wars actually. It's sort of and then yeah. uh, and then you kind of uh, so it's like slightly sheltered. I don't know why I'm going into yeah, you such. Are. So normally we walk. <laughs> normally we walk to and from the cinema. Obviously, today we're with Chris, who lives in a different part of London than us. So we're just lapping the IMAX instead. Same thing, right? This is so yeah. good, though. How would you know when you've done a mile? Because we're just we're just going in a circle. Somebody I'm, um, I'm it somebody Fitbit it. Yeah. yeah. Sponsored by Fitbit. And we have to the second we the second we hit that exploring that because you know there's so the sponsorship opportunities oh, uh, with Fitbit are huge. Yeah, Get in touch. Huge. Oh, just think of that now. All right. So we saw that movie. Chris, you can finally reveal. But the uh, the visual indicator you gave me in the, in the first. So just maybe think, you describe what I you were doing. I think my visual indicator was. You know, it was a kind of like a shrug with a little smile going, it's fine. But your eyes you know, raised, okay. your eyebrows my, raised as well, in, in a sort of yeah, positive... It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And I enjoyed it first time around, and I think I enjoyed it a little bit more second time around. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun film. Once you get past the fact that, you know, Alden Ehrenreich isn't trying to do a Harrison Ford impression, 
I plugged into his performance a little bit more. Uh, and I like the fact that it's not uh, it's a Star Wars movie that's not about saving the galaxy or you know trying to stop this thing from blowing up that thing. The stakes are quite low key, and I had a, I had fun with it. You know, I think you can probably see some of the Lord of Miller influence still there. It's it's quite a sippy movie, but yeah, good stuff. Kathy. Um, so I, I should explain my perspective on these movies because unlike you two, I'm not into Star Wars, and I've seen most of the movies once don't care to see any of them again and the only reason I've really seen them is because I'm married to Dave and he's really in Star Wars <laughs> I mean right now on Dave's keyring is a Millennium Falcon let's just be real that's his keyring anyway um, let's get real let's get, let's get real for a minute of real all, talk <laughs> of all the Star Wars movies I've seen this is actually the one I've enjoyed the most oh. um, I, can, I can sense you were enjoying it I was really enjoying it you were into the jokes yeah, you were I was, laughing I was laughing um, my, I'm so sorry to Oscar Isaac because I know he listens to this podcast but he's now <laughs> actually gone down to number two in my movie crush list because I absolutely love that actor he's so charming Ch- he's Chewy. S- <laughs> yeah. hey. I can't remember his name even though Chris just said it Harrison Alden Ford Aaron Young Wright. Alden Ehrenreich Alden okay, sorry to be top of my list and me not know your name but he's so charismatic he's probably got the loveliest smile I've ever seen on screen and he's in trouble here. <laughs> I know yes. just, slow down I felt genuinely joyous like his his smile lit up the screen for me every time he smiled um, and also obviously I know you know I, I know the, the, the character of um, Han Solo from the other movies but I'm not particularly attached to him I don't you know I don't care about Han Solo so I think for me I wasn't I didn't mind that it wasn't played by Harrison Ford and I, like you said this guy didn't do an impression and I thought he was just really good funny thing watching one of these movies where you know where it needs to end up because you've seen him in, you know, in like 10 years after this or whatever but once I put that aside I just enjoyed it as it, its own standalone story and I actually thought it was a really fun story albeit if it wasn't a Star Wars story it would never have been greenlit as a script because it's relatively generic <laughs> um, but there was enough of the performance for me and enough humour and I thought the whole cast was outstanding I really enjoyed everyone so yeah big thumbs up for me really glad we came in to see it yeah. same I, I mean I said beforehand I was coming at this uh, uh, I guess from a, a very cynical point of view like you said Chris everyone was shrugging their shoulders I, nobody really wanted this movie I wasn't really looking forward to it I said I was done with Star Wars but I'm back in I love <laughs> that thought you were out they pull you back <laughs> yeah. in I'm Al Pacino, they Al Pacino'd me I am I, um, I I really loved it. I had great fun with that. I thought it was. At one point, you joyous. were honestly at the edge of your seat. I literally was. I was like, "This is exciting." I'm like, "This is IMAX. I, we're very high up. You need to sit back a bit." This it was. Um, <laughs> it was just like a lovely, fun, uh, like actual standalone heist movie. This is what I wanted Rogue One to be. Um, and unlike Rogue One, the, the I was invested in all of the characters. They all had little, nice little emotional. Moments for the most part. Um, I yeah. cried at one point. You cried? Did you? I did. Oh, I'm going to talk about that in Spoiler yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't mind that you cried. I'm just shocked that you cried at this movie. I did. Uh, I didn't hear it over the sound of my popcorn munching. <laughs> you, you, you do do that loudly. Um, but I just thought it was a blast. I really, really, really liked it. Um, I, I just felt like that felt like old school Star Wars to me. Uh, like, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, got, I got chills a few Lots times. of practical effects. Lots of nice little shout-outs to previous movies. There's a, there's a droid in there. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Star Wars nerd, but I'm not so nerdy that I know the names of all the droids. But <laughs> it's the sort of boxy one with the two feet. Yes. That's from the original trilogy. There was a lot of stuff like that. A lot of references to previous Star Wars and the expanded universe. So the Bosk is mentioned. Yes. He's one of the uh, bounty hunters that, that Fader 
employees to try and hunt down Han in the uh, in, in Empire. And then there was a, a mention, and this is I think this is fine. This is outside Spoiler Street. There's a mention of uh, Aura Singh, who is a character in the expanded universe, but she appears very briefly in the pod race of the Phantom Menace. And so it's just nice that you know it's tying oh, all these little elements in back. You know, it's just it's it's fun. There's actually some some thought I thought went into this. It's an interesting film because watching it again, I kind of realised there's no bad guy in this movie. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Paul Bettany's uh, yeah. in it, and he's he's, he's a vision. presence. He's a vision. Uh, <laughs> ah, he's got nah. lovely scars, <laughs> and he certainly provides the the good guys with an impetus to do what they need to do. But otherwise, this is about... There's no nemesis. There's no great one-on-one scene where you know, they have to take down this or they have to do that. It's very much a heist movie in that way. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, just one point before we get to Spoiler Street. So the last movie we came to see with Chris, which was basically this time last year, My Life is a Courgette, yeah. resounding hit for us three. Um, this movie was more than twice as long as that because that movie was 67 minutes, which yes. we were all very, very pleased about at the time. <laughs> Now this movie, by the end, I did think they could have shaved about twenty minutes off it. Agreed. A little bit at the end, where I just suddenly found myself pulled out of it, yeah. and just thinking, "Oh, when's it going to end?" It is slightly too long. Yeah. No I need. Th- no need for two hours, twenty minutes. No need. Yeah. No I, need. I think let's uh, let's jump right onto the spoiler section of the BFI IMAX circular <laughs> yes. experience. Spoiler Street. <laughs> um, right. Spoilers now for uh, Solo: A Star Wars Story. I'd like to start at the end. Okay. Uh, I thought that the the Darth Maul thing pulled me right out. Yeah. And I was just like, no, fuck off. <laughs> what was that? Was that the red guy on the hologram? <laughs> yeah, the red, the red guy on the hologram. Oh, I didn't get yeah. that at all. So, Kathy, I was getting confused actually between this and Avengers and thinking, is he some sort of like Thanos baddie? I didn't get what it was. Well, did you do you remember The Phantom Menace? No. Did I show you that one years ago? No. If I, I watched it, I don't recall it. So, he. So. I'm going to have to explain Wait, no. Dar- who Darth Do you know what? Is. Please don't go back explaining <laughs> The Phantom Menace. Anyone listening will know what The Phantom Menace is and I don't need to know. All right, basically, uh, yeah. fan <laughs> favourite... Chris and Dave Fan favourite character. I'll spreadsheet. I'll send you something. <laughs> fan favourite character um, who died and then... It, spoilers for The Phantom Menace. They're, and they've, wi- they've just wheeled him back because I think they've... I well, mean, he, was, he was cut in two. Yeah. At the end of The Phantom Menace, he, he gets cut in two. This is 1999 and everyone thinks he's gone. So I've had loads of people because you know I'm doing, we've done our own spoiler special uh, Empire podcast in this, and which, so we, had, which we can now listen. Which to. you can listen. Well, when it's recorded, you know, give, give it a second. Yeah. And, well, you were doing uh, oh, first. Yeah. Oh. Do first. You're doing this before your own podcast. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, uh, and so you're, you're getting all. Yeah, this is the hot my hot take. <laughs> uh, so uh, people have been DMing me on Twitter, going, you know, exactly what you just said, the Darth Maul thing. What the hell? Some of them can't figure out the timeline. Because most people don't know that Darth Maul is still alive in the Star Wars universe, that he was brought back for the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. Uh, that's why he has his robot legs. And so this is this is <laughs> this is after the Phantom Menace. And so it makes sense to me, but also it does feel a little bit strange. Shoehorned, shoehorned, I, and I it's feel not like how small is this universe? Why did it have to be him? Yeah, and it's not his proper voice. It's. Uh, Peter Serafinovich did the voice in The Phantom Menace and this is uh, Sam Witwer who does the voice in the cartoon so I can, I can see there's continuity there but I'm a Serafinovich yeah bring back Serafinovich yeah. bring him back although he probably didn't um, want to do it it was Ray Park though it was Ray Park yeah, yeah. not Ray Park Jr this was Ray Park 
the senior. Nice Ghostbusters reference there. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were joking when you said Ron Howard's brother was in this. I thought yeah. that was a joke. And then Dave's like, that's actually Ron Howard's that's brother. That's Clint, yeah. yeah Clint. Yeah, he was like, uh, good in, luck the, um, in the sort of droid wrestling thing. What yeah. do you right. guys think of the casting in terms of, like, I'm a I, um, big fan of... Say his name. Emily... Oh, no. What's her name? She's from Game Clark. of Thrones. Amelia Clark. Big fan of her. I think she was really good in it. Cathy uh, at one point uh, turned to me during this and went, is that Daenerys? <laughs> <laughs> it took me, you know when she doesn't have the blonde hair, it takes you a bit. Um, but yeah, Woody Harrelson was amazing. Thandie Newton, such a fan of her. Shame I missed her death when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> um, who else did? I loved the droid. I don't know who voiced her, but I thought she yeah. was really good. That's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge who plays Fleabag and writes Fleabag. Have you seen Fleabag? No, but I've heard about it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's only six episodes. It's probably on the iPlayer. Check it out. It's great. And then uh, Donald Glover was amazing. He was like standout, wasn't he? I thought they were all great. Yeah, he was really, really good. I thought Amelia Clark was probably the weak link for me uh, at a a few points. Yeah, I don't know. But But that's not her fault. I think her character actually didn't make much sense by the end. And her motivations were very suspicious in terms of they were serving a plot, not serving the character. And I think that for any actress must be very difficult like why in the end was she a baddie well I, I mean there's a lot of stuff when you, when you have a prequel like this uh, we know that by the time we get to New Hope it, it's just Han and Chewie yeah. and the Millennium Falcon and so sometimes they have to bend over backwards and jump through all sorts of hoops to make to explain why this character who is so important to someone now is not around when we meet them in, say, 10 years' time. Yeah. So I'd expect her to maybe get bumped off in a future instalment if they do a sequel or if they do other spin-offs in which, you know, I'd expect the Boba Fett sequel, uh, spin-off and maybe the Lando spin-off if they do one. I'd expect them all to tie in somehow and expect Han oh and Chewie to be in that and go, go down that sort of Marvel route. Yeah, because it didn't make much... Like, at the end, I thought, OK, she's turned baddie now and she's talking to this hologram guy yeah. but like what's in it for her because he just made a slightly sleazy like who will be working together a lot closer now and it's like really you'd pick him over Han who's like potentially the hottest guy I've ever seen on a movie sorry quick side note why did he turn on his lightsaber for no reason while well, he's just he's on a conference call in case people were going is that Darth Maul is that Darth Maul <laughs> like, oh it's it. Darth Maul the only reason that's it again fuck off but I can't yeah, just say once again Kathy has uh, just basically got the hots for Alden Ehrenreich and <laughs> Dave, this is I'm worried yeah, <laughs> he's very I mean I really did like him in that coma this movie but he had a small part so watching him you know yeah. for such a long he's a movie much bigger part yeah. but, uh, quickly back to Amelia Clark. I think sh- her character was a little ill-defined uh, I felt like I quite like the idea of her being a survivor and I think that fits in with the whole theme of uh, everybody's got to look out for themselves yeah. that Woody Harrelson's always about don't trust anybody she's learnt the same lessons and all this movie is really it is the genesis of Han Solo and he's picked Han up on Solo. Han Solo sorry. <laughs> uh, and he's picked up on um, he's picked up on, on all of this and that defines who he is um, and I, I quite liked that and I liked that uh, I liked her line to him you know, you're the good guy, um, when he sort of, which he eventually does become. Yeah. Do you think that it was a little bit? Um, it's a little bit cheap to say, like, oh, she's continually saying, "You don't know what I've done. I've lived this terrible life," and he's going, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to tell me." So we, so she never got to. We never got to. I mean, I guess I understood that in some sense she was maybe. Uh, my interpretation would be that she's been through a lot in terms of she's probably been abused by men judging by the current position she's in and she's yeah. obviously been through a lot of violence but they didn't actually explore any of that and 
it felt like she got a little again a bit of a short shift on it in that she wasn't really developed enough because they wanted to save the fact that she was a baddie for the end and, and she, like she she just didn't really get any development she's just swanning around in a dress apparently in command and we we have no reason to understand why but I think Amelia Clark they, they hinted that that sort of uh, the darkness and what whatever she's experienced but none of Amelia Clark's performance gave me any of that it was all very just smiley charmy no but the scene surface. where she said I want you to look at me the way you're looking at me and you won't if you know what I did and I actually thought that was quite moving yeah okay I think yeah maybe she, that's why she makes the, the decision at the end I think it's a, it's a practical one on her part she realises that the things that maybe she's done I think, I think also she has blood on her hands I think she's probably killed a whole bunch of people in the yeah. past and done some unspeakable shit with a uh, uh, Paul Bettany's big scarred face. That's a sentence I'm going to remember. Later because yeah. I felt like three years maybe wasn't long enough for uh, the yeah. kind of character yeah. change she had. I felt that because yeah. it's a bit where she um, she unleashes some incredible martial arts um, when they're uh, doing the uh, the heist on, on Kessel, and um, L3 goes, "Whoa, what is that? I've never seen that before." And she says, "Whatever it is, some Star Wars martial art." And then goes, Dryden Foss taught me. And I was thinking, in three years? Because <laughs> it takes, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell thing of it takes 10,000 hours to be really good at something. And you haven't had that time. <laughs> What's going on? I'm Unless she's doing she didn't it. leave the, the shitty planet they were from the same day Han did. Yeah. So she's probably only had at most two and a half years in this kind okay. of training. <laughs> How about cut to three years from now? Let's all meet back up here. Yeah. We'll all do some martial arts training. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll see uh, see how we get on, and yeah, then only then only then can we oh, actually <laughs> only then will we pretend, yeah. yeah. I love the scene between Amelia Clark and the robot, and the, yes. the robot was saying like, okay. you know, I know, um, you know, whatever. Lando's really into me, but again, this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test, does it? Because that was the only scene with two female characters speaking to each other, and they were speaking about <laughs> about a man. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. I mean, I've just started out of interest applying it to any movie I can think of, and one of they all them failed. was a robot. So yeah, technically well, she was a female robot. I, I did enjoy her side plot of like liberating all the droids. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, I thought she was, was really fun. absolutely excellent, great character, and that's when I cried when she died, and oh, really? Lando oh, was holding her in her arms. <laughs> I just, just kind of got to me. We um, haven't even discussed Chewie. Chewie was great. Yeah. Chewie's Chewie. always great. But the, inconsistent. The greatest Star Wars character. Oh, he's, he's really just sweet. He's just brilliant. Genuinely and my favourite. Him and Han's uh, dynamic... Han? Han, I'm saying Han. Han? I do, I do Han like... in a Cork accent. Side note, I do like the... They made note of the fact that Lando calls him Han and he's the only one who does that. Yes. Um, that and they the sort of explain... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought their, their you know, uh, banter relationship felt quite intact even though one... They're both different actors now. Um, it yeah, still felt yeah. like Han Solo and, and Chewie. Like yeah. I love that. It's such a simple sort of uh, gag setup. The uh, one character we don't understand, and the other one that it's it's the punchline. Yes, but this his was reaction inconsistent to... because at the start they were speaking Wookie and there was subtitles, and then suddenly there wasn't subtitles. So I was like, either do the subtitles or don't, <laughs> but don't have them for one scene and then well, not use. Well, them. to be fair, Han Han doesn't have good um, good Wookie. He, he don't speak good Wookie yeah. now. But also, <laughs> would you really want Alden Ehrenreich, as attractive as he is? <laughs> To be going <laughs> all the way through the film. No, no. I wanted there to be subtitles when Chewie spoke because there was subtitles at the start when Chewie no, spoke. Never had Chewie no. subtitles. No, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, at the start Chewie's of this movie, subtitled. at the start of this movie, Chewie was subtitled. No, 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 no. Chewie's not subtitled. Chewie is never oh, subtitled. I cannot believe no, okay, you. I thought they were both subtitled. I'm going to walk in the opposite direction now. This is. 
If you I'll walk in the direction, <laughs> we'll meet you in two yeah. minutes. And I'll just yell things into the microphone <laughs> as I walk past. Okay, sorry. I thought Chewie was subtitled at the start. That's why I was saying it was inconsistent, but I take it back. Yeah, no, so all the, uh, the bad grammar and w- Wookiee and bad grammar and syntax ah, okay, that was uh, is, is Han. That was him. Uh, okay, which was fun. I liked that. very obvious. They say, oh, there's a monster in there. Well, you're like, well, obviously that's Chewie. Because <laughs> yeah. you know he needs to meet Chewie. I mean, there's a moment. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. There's a moment near the end where uh, I think it's the card, the card game, the Sabak game, where Han and Chewie they just have a lovely, easy relationship, and they, you know, they can trade banter. I, I was disappointed at the uh, the clip from the trailer where he goes, Han says something to Chewie, and Chewie goes, and then Han goes, oh, what would you know? Which is very classic Han Chewie dynamic. Yeah, that wasn't in the film, but must have been Chris and Miller. Must or, been, uh, yeah, must Miller. Have, or Miller, that's, yeah. that's gone. Those guys are gone. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed the relationship, and I can certainly see where those, those guys go. Even if it takes me a little bit of a, you know, there's a couple of moments where the new guy in Chewbacca's costume doesn't quite move like Chewbacca, but he's oh, younger, okay. so it's fine. I'll let it go. Yeah, he's, he's only 180 yeah. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about at the end when they both push the lever together? I thought that was really sweet. Oh, so good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that moment. I and I really that. enjoyed the card game at the end between Lando and Han. I thought that was really fun. I thought Lando was great. Donald Glover was brilliant. Uh, loved Very that different man. role for him, actually. I felt like he was quite different from other things I've seen him in. Because sometimes mm. I think he's a bit of a one-note actor. And I don't mean that as a criticism because he's really good at what he does. But this was quite different for him. So I enjoyed that. I think he's a great actor. Um, I loved his facial hair as well. I think they're interesting, going back to sort of what you said, Chris, earlier about the the little Star Wars nods, and there are a lot of them, but I felt like some of them, um, some of them sort of felt a little bit crammed in, like uh, uh, Woody Harrelson wearing the... uh, the mask that Lando wears in Return of the Jedi in Jabba's palace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. And all of the guards having the... um, the, the sort of red visors that uh, that Leia wears in uh, Return of the Jedi in the palace. Okay, yeah, yeah. And there's also there's also a, a, a nice little reference at the beginning when Han goes, "Oh, I've got a thermal detonator," and it's just a rock, and he even makes a clicking noise. He goes, yeah. But same thing. It's all that's yeah. all kind of callback. Um, yeah, but call back to like something that hasn't happened yet. Well, exactly. <laughs> so what is that? What is that? Call, call shout, forward. Call shout forward. forward? Call forward. Yeah, call. That's we, just, that. we just coined that. For, for backshadowing, because it's foreshadowing something that's already happened. Oh, nice. So, so, it's backshadowing. <laughs> it's backshadowing. <laughs> I think that uh, that's fine, but if a movie becomes entirely filled with things that remind you of other things, that's problematic. And I think yes. this this movie's kind of just on the right oh, side of that. Teetering. I remember, I but don't know any of those movies, and it, to be fair to it, it didn't matter whereas some movies you watch and they're so busy harking back to other movies that they're like unintelligible if you haven't seen the others and I would essentially say I haven't seen the others because I don't remember anything except the broad plot the overarching plot of like Luke and Leia and stuff like that yeah so it didn't matter actually I, I mean I assume that necklace had something to do with because they kept showing that yeah it was in The Last Jedi I don't remember ghost it ever, ever really yeah the ghost eyes I don't remember that ever really been a huge part of the Han and Chewie uh, legacy in the original trilogy so that was something I really introduced in Last Jedi I remember Ian Freer on the Empire podcast when we did the Last Jedi thing going I bet you those dice play a major role in Solo he's right. <laughs> which, which is out May 25th <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's absolutely right it was but yeah I did enjoy when she that she had kept them for the three years and, and gave it back to him like I thought that was really sweet the one thing that was weird about their relationship was when they met at this cocktail party 
neither of them seemed surprised. Like if I'd left Dave to what I thought was a sure death three years ago and then bumped into him at a cocktail party, I'd be like, <laughs> hey. And like if I'd left him behind in some sort of Oliver Twist-esque world... Um, because that's basically what it was like, wasn't it? She was working as a henchman like at a cocktail bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they left this, they both left the squalor, and they're both in this fabulous cocktail party, and um, they neither seem surprised. Which well, I was the, I mean, look, it's the classic. It's the, again small universe syndrome. Can we just say we've now we're lapping the IMAX, and we've actually bumped into our friends Tobin and Maureen, so who are babysitting good. Oscar for us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're just walking is. behind them. <laughs> <laughs> we can lap them. We can take them. Yeah. Kind of a strange setup, yeah, all right. It is a strange setup. There's our baby. You stay there. We're gonna keep doing circles. Yeah, um, um, is there anything else you guys wanna? Do you, uh, you wanna just talk about uh, uh, Woody Harrelson? Yes. His character was quite interesting. I thought. Uh, I thought they were going to keep him. A, I thought they were going to keep him on the board for the next movie when he was talking about going to Tatooine. There's a big gangster there, uh, which is obviously Jabba the Hutt. Oh, that, I didn't get what? That. Well, that's interesting in that oh. there's. Yeah, that's interesting that there's a lot of stuff in terms of the Han history that hasn't happened yet. You know, so Chewie hasn't got his bandolier. He hasn't yeah. got the bowcaster. Uh, so there's the you know, Han hasn't got the classic Han uniform yet. And do you think there'll be a whole movie about him getting a just waste, going waste yeah going to yeah. the uh, the, uh, the the space equivalent of of uh, TK Maxx yeah <laughs> <laughs> just go oh no Jimmy, I don't have it I've got a black one black waistcoat this will look good at me <laughs> he'll say so I liked that but I also liked it um, Tobias Beckett which by the way is the worst Terrible. most obvious earthy name in a yeah. Star Wars movie it's like you know hey I'm Brian Smith. Except that you one know. of the characters was called Eamon. Eamon. Yeah. Eamon. Earthy. We heard someone say, hello, Eamon. Uh, oh, we were just like, ago. yes. It's Eamon Holmes. On Ireland represented. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what is really cool about Woody Harrelson is that he's in so many good movies now, isn't he? Like last one we saw, obviously, was Three Billboards. But I feel like lately he's just like popping in a load of good stuff and like just having these really good supporting roles. Yeah. I think he's great. I yeah. thought he was brilliant in this. He's just got, he, he just brings that sort of effortless, uh, lazy kind of, swagger sure. to the whole thing even when he's betraying Han you're like oh but he's really a father figure to him and this is beautiful and even when he's going to kill him you're like no also the Han, the Han shot first moment yes excellent yeah. I just absolutely love that yeah. that's like that's the moment where you're like oh now he's Han Solo yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really cool it was brilliant and I kept thinking do you know what he actually loves Amelia Clark so much that I don't think he ever loved Princess Leia that much now Oh, do you, re- do you reckon? Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? I think she's his true love and Princess Leia was just like, okay, I'll settle for her because my first true love betrayed me. Just a side hussy. Yeah. No, I didn't call her a hussy. I, yeah, I'm I just did. Saying that a I'm, side hussy. I'm just saying that um, I... Sorry, a hussy or a hussy? <laughs> Wait, we, need, we need to clarify this. <laughs> okay, good. I just think that was actually his first true love. I think it's a hussy. Yeah, and it was really sad when she just drove away and just left him on the mountain. She drove away. Yeah, flew away. in her giant space yacht. Um, but we're going to have to wrap up now, seriously, yeah. and attend our child. I got also. I asked her babysitter to take a photo. <laughs> um, <laughs> she just took a photo of us as we walked by. I feel like there's loads more I want to say, though. Uh, just do one more lap, if you can think about yeah, it. Then lap. you know. I mean, Dave, you just want to talk about Star Wars oh, all the time. No, so. okay. I want to talk about the the action stuff because uh, I thought the train heist was brilliant. Uh-huh. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, I loved like. I love just, it's classic heist stuff. It's not nothing new, really. I mean, it's just like this goes wrong, that goes wrong, and all the pieces have to come together. Yeah. Um, but I thought Pandy Newton sacrificing herself was quite well done, quite sad. I loved the, the sort of pilot with all the arms being shot, and then Han has to jump into the thing, and Chewie's got to uncouple the thing, uh, and then the space pirates come in. So it's just like perfect sort of balance of mounting tension and uh, shit going wrong. Um, 
what about so I, th- I love that I love the, yeah. the Millennium Falcon uh, Kessel Run bit which I was quite you knew you knew it was going to happen I was like quite um, frustrated at the thought of oh they've got to see the Kessel Run and then it's like this is the classic prequel thing of showing stuff that isn't going to be as good as our imagination. Yeah, I love that because I don't. I hate big set pieces generally. I get really bored in any sort of flying action scene. And I thought that scene with them squeezing through and doing all the space stuff was like genuinely exciting. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? A lot of that was callbacks as well. You know, the theme from uh, oh, yeah, Empire the, Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, the asteroid field theme from uh, Empire. Exactly. Uh, did you also hear the um, the Imperial March theme was was playing? I love as that. Han looks at the uh, the advert for to, to join the the Imperials. So it's actually yes, in the universe, amazing. which yeah. is quite I mean, quite an yeah. interesting. Yeah. Wa- fun. Wall Star breaking Wars thing. music whenever it kicks in like, even if you don't really care about Star Wars like me like, it, you know, it gets your adrenaline going like, it's, it's a very good theme song oh, to be amazing. fair and besides that I thought the score was very good um, it was like, nice and sort of romantic and classic it yeah. felt very Star Wars uh, I mean none of the new sort of themes were quite as John Williams level but it was like he did totally the, solid yeah he came back he did the theme specifically for Han which I oh he did I need to listen to the soundtrack a little bit more so it can just embed in my head but uh, I think it starts the film pretty well the, the film starts in an interesting way yeah. very you know tight close up on Han looking very very stressed and harassed um, and I think it finds its way after that after the, after the, the beginning of the movie I, I, one of the things about the movie and we were watching it in 3D and 3D glasses darken any film by about 20% but I thought it was quite a dark film quite a murky film yeah. and it's, it's tonally it's quite a fun movie but the visuals don't always mesh with that uh, I totally agree that really yeah. bothered me it felt like it's got this real cool blue sort of brown palette yeah it, yeah murky is the right word and it, but I feel like that's actually a symptom of uh, 21st century cinema now isn't it well I think you have you, know, you look at the Marvel stuff and here we go here we go if anyone's get your stopwatch out yeah he's banged on about Marvel uh, who had 27 minutes and um, if you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy that's bright and colourful Thor Ragnarok is bright and colourful and I felt that maybe maybe I don't know maybe they're running a little bit away from that palette and they want to try and define something else a little bit you know that's very much their own but I thought it was a bit monochromatic to be honest totally a bit murky and yeah. also we do need to uh, side note the fact that it's opening weekend of a bank holiday Sunday morning and the IMAX was essentially deserted it was the middle the middle bit was full and that was it which is when we we came to see Dunkirk in a morning screening last year and it was completely packed so there doesn't seem to be much of an IMAX appetite in this one anyway. Oh, it's interesting because, Chris, you were saying that the box office for this is disappointing. Oh, looks of it. I mean, it's all relative, isn't it, really? <laughs> when we talk about it, you know, this is, it's going to make about $100 million in this opening weekend in the States. Pathetic. Which is pathetic. <laughs> Awful. Someone needs to get fired for this. Well, weirdly enough, it's one of, those, the, one of those results that you could imagine people actually might get fired for. Uh, well, Lord Miller already got They're part. ruthless yeah, over there, aren't they? Yeah. they? They might look at this as a disappointment, but for like pretty much any other film, if you're not a Marvel movie or if you're not a Star Wars film, a $100 million opening weekend is phenomenal. Yeah. But they might actually look at this and go, it's a little bit disappointing. So yeah, They might stay away from the summer openings. But we're going to have to finish up because yeah. we really need to get back to our um, child who we're laughing. I'm very <laughs> dizzy <laughs> as well. But Chris, people can find you at the Empire Podcast, right, where you'll have a much bigger um, discussion on this movie, albeit oh, yeah. we've scooped the Empire guys, sorry. <laughs> you really have. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't told you my, uh, my favourite things about the film. I haven't told you, for example, that, oh, no, I have, I've told you everything. it's okay I heard the laughter when you were enjoying and I did see briefly when you fell asleep so no big deal (gasps) jet lagged (laughs) I'm jet lagged Um, I was closing my eyes so you guys can follow Chris 
Hewitt on Twitter. He's absolutely my favourite person to follow on Twitter. And I was there's some sort of algorithm which at this point I don't follow anything except Chris. I only ever see his statuses. I think it's because I always hit like on them. Did you unfollow everyone I else? I unfollowed everyone Chris? else, yeah. <laughs> um, and you can follow us at The Cinemile on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you can find us on iTunes and hit subscribe if you want to and give us five And leave stars. us a review if yeah. you enjoyed this. Chris uh, loves leaving us reviews. He set up, he set up yeah. loads of different accounts, you were yeah. telling me. Yeah. Spamming you with one-star reviews. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's you. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Your I hate Cinemile 26. I I H hate Cinemile. <laughs> yes. And it's just straight up I hate Cinemile. I know, Cinemile. you know how to speak yeah. web. It's very, <laughs> it's very endearing. All right, Chris, thanks again for coming out, especially oh, with such uh, powerful jet lag. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it probably shows. We'll but see you really next May. Yeah. Yeah. Next May, yeah. yeah let's do this, let's do this every this May. This is an annual yeah. tradition. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bye. bye. Bye, everyone. I've got a really good feeling about this. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.